This episode of Finding Demo Surfishing is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look at everything that Chip's got going on in the Sinker Guy garage. You get your hands on some sinkers, he's got them. It's in his name. Everywhere up one to four and a little bit more if you need it. You're going to have to reach out to him though on the special stuff. If you need rigs, the Bruno rig, the Mortician rig, he's got them. Great stuff. Maybe you need some sub-assemblies, some other equipment, anything like that. He's got it ready for you. So head on over to thesinkerguy.com. Get your order in today. Ah, yes. New week, new episode coming at you. Hope you're doing well wherever you are. Hopefully you've been doing some fishing. Coming out of that winter rut is always a fun time. We all know winter fishing is rough, especially at the beach. But we're starting to see really cool reports in our panhandle region here, especially. Uh, we've had some really interesting fish coming up. Slot-sized black drum from the beach. Uh, we're catching pompano right now. Bluefish have been still coming up here and there. Haven't seen a lot of Spanish, but... Man, it's, it's about to get good. Uh, I'm excited for that. <laughs> I miss fishing. I really miss fishing. But let's get into the episode here. So we talked last year with this guy we're going to talk to today. I mean, you may have heard of him. He, he's, he's kind of a big deal. His name is Blaine Roberts, also known as Perdido Blaine, and he, he's been doing good stuff, man. Uh, when you first heard our last year's episode, it was about 30 minutes long uh, when I was doing a different format and uh, Blaine just crushed it. You know, he came in and shared all the knowledge. didn't even blink, didn't worry about it. He just jumped right in and said, Hey, this is this, this is how I do it. And, and talked all about his charter this time though, we're going to move it a little bit different. Um, we are going to get an update obviously on where it's been from last year to this year, which I definitely want to hear about because he's been lights out crushing it and uh he's been running tournaments now and it's just so many cool things and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into the new format we're gonna find out about his tips tricks knowledge gain some info there and we're gonna talk a lot about his youtube uh channel if you haven't been following that he's on there lots of good stuff he still shares so uh yeah i'm just gonna stop flapping my mouth now because that's all i've been doing so without further ado blaine welcome to the show brother demo what's up buddy it's, it's funny you talking about coming out of the winter rut because I was sitting on my back porch because I, I turned my irrigation system on for the first time like yesterday. And I was sitting out there in this like pre-spring weather and my irrigation system came out. And it's loud, dude. I had to run. <laughs> <laughs> we would have had background noise, like bad, bad background noise the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a weird winter here this year. I mean, last year's winter was rough. We had several really good cold snaps that hit into the, we actually hit the teens a few times and the winter fishing was just not, not nearly as fun as the year prior. Then we had the summer of doom this year with June grass, followed by sargassum, followed by June grass, followed by everything bad. It was just not a fun one. Yeah. Fall turned yeah. out fine. The only thing we were lacking was a hurricane, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is horrible to say, and somebody's going to get aggravated at me, but a lot of uh, I know a lot of us anglers were hoping for a hurricane so it would suck away all the stuff and be like, oh, cool, we have yeah. clean water. Yeah, there we go. Let's start over. 
Yeah. No, no reboot for us, but yeah, you're right, man. This winter has been weird. We've got warm water. It's still in the sixties, uh, here at the shore, which is very, we're normally in the fifties right around now. Um, but we're still low, low sixties. We're in Pompano reach water. It's, it's been a weird, weird winter. Definitely a very mild winter. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I throw my little thermometer uh, in the water every time I go out there, it's, it's holding like 63, 64, man. And it's been like that for weeks. Yep. So we never got that just big drop of temp that lasted. So our water temp stayed, stayed relatively warm, bro. So um, it should spike back up relatively soon yeah yeah well we we theoretically have another uh, another freeze coming my wife jen pays a lot of attention to the weather since we've got a lot of plants and her greenhouse and all that in our trees uh she's always like hey we got another freeze coming i'm like man come on yeah can we be done with this that. if you tell me yeah. we're gonna get a freeze uh two things two things i hate in this area uh heavy rain and freezes because heavy rain drink uh, messes with the salinity, which messes with the bite, and the freeze changes the temperature and causes the, the fish to go, <laughs> nope, I'm out. So, yeah, for me, I'm always like, those two things, never never fun when they're hand in hand. Yeah, man, I, I might hold off on the weed and feed then. I, I went and bought some weed feed. I was about to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might hold off. <laughs> Give it two more weeks. I think so what I, that's what I'm doing anyway. That, that's my yeah. excuse. Well, let's, uh, let, let's pick it up where we left off. So you've been crushing things on the guiding and it's been continuing so let's catch up from last year man what, what's been going on in the guide world yeah so the guide i went brian i went full time with it this uh, march of last year so right at a year man um it was not planned it was kind of forced yeah. <laughs> so um i was already doing it on the side and um putting very little advertising into it and very little marketing um basically the YouTube channel, I would mention it. And then kind of word of mouth around Perdido. Um, got furloughed from my career back in March uh, last year. And it kind of put me in that position of, um, you know, do I scramble on, on Indeed and try to find another job? Or should I go all in with this, you know? And um, I have a dangerously supportive wife, Demo. You know her. Um, yeah, you know, she's sometimes awesome. Some, Sometimes I have to talk her out of my ideas, if that even makes sense. You know, I'll pitch her an idea and she's like, yeah, baby, let's do it. I'm like, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Let's talk about this. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> just because I said it don't mean we need to do it. You know what I mean? And um, just full support from her. And uh, so we went in full blast, uh, like I said, a year ago this month. I um, I hit August and then just like you were talking about with the opening, the, the summer of doom. Um, I mean, I can look back at it in my charts right now. The amount of cancellations is crazy because of weather conditions, the grass, all that. Like summer is our biggest month um, for the guide business, man. That's where all the, the vacationers are here. And I was just having to cancel trip after trip. A lot of trips being canceled on their end, you know, so... I'm kind of glad that happened because it forced me into like getting back into the workforce part time. Um, I picked up a bartending gig. I did that for years going through school and I went back into, I needed to pick something that was flexible, bro. <laughs> and that like, 
if I didn't go to work, it wasn't a big deal. Like there's no responsibility really, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I need to work nights. And uh, if I want to call out of work and get somebody to cover my shift, like it's not going to be a big deal. So that's what I did. And really that saved us uh, through the winter because um, with that slower summer, with the conditions and all the cancellations, then we obviously we moved into the colder months where the surf fishing slowed down. The the kayak charters still remained. I was able to pull all those off that got booked. Um, there's just not as many of them as the surf fishing. The surf fishing is definitely the highlight of my business. Um, so picked up that little gig and that kind of pushed us through winter. You know, so I like went full time. And then chickened out six months later <laughs> and like, went, went and picked up a, another side gig. You know what I mean? But it was a smart move. And, um, and I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for all those cancellations. So I'm almost kind of grateful for all man, because, you know, if not, I would have had a really rough winter, like living off credit cards kind of stuff, <laughs> you know? So um, it's definitely a growth in the process, you know, and I have like good records now of the guides. So I'm able to look back and see my hot months, see my cold months, you know, just to prepare for next season, man. I totally get that. And this, the one I was going to say actually was when you brought up the kayaks, it, it seemed to be the saving grace, but not everybody's into the kayak game. And our summers, yeah. it's like, okay, being on a kayak, you're getting the beat down from above with the heat, the reflection off the water. So you're getting it from two angles and it's like, oh my gosh, I need to keep moving. I can't, I can't keep going slow. I need more, I need more air. So it's, yeah, it's it, like a double edged sword. It really is. And like I said, now, once it cool, once it cools down the fall fishing, the winter fishing, that's really all I'm booking is kayak stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And so, um. I added a few little more raindrops under the umbrella there. I started doing surf fishing lessons and I started doing overnight kayak excursions, like 30, 30 hours on the water, catch, clean and cook, primitive camping kind of stuff. Um, the surf fishing lessons, I've got a few hits from nobody's interested, Brian, and pooping in a hole and, and burying it with a shovel, bro. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with them, man. I don't know what's wrong. That's fun stuff. <laughs> Fun for you and me because we enjoy that stuff. <laughs> like that's the first question I get. Like when when people are like interested, like so, where do you go to the bathroom? Like in a hole? We'll just bury it? Oh, okay, yeah, we'll do, we'll do the surf fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can give you a five gallon bucket with a pool noodle if you want. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I got my uh, my annual trip planned in like two weeks, dude. I go to St. George Island, so I'm all pumped for that. I do that every year to to welcome back the daylight. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll always love that video when you do it and hearing from you when you get back. It's it's very cool. Uh, so w- with the with the charter business being as cutthroat as it can be at times, because uh, it's not always the competition of other charters. It's Mother Nature that is really your competition and your skills. Oh, yeah. So it's like... 100%. Yeah, 100%. The, the few other guys that are doing it in my area, we're all close buddies. Yep. We pass off charters to each other um, when one of us can't do it, things like that. We actually have a chat um, that we've created that where we can pass off charters and things like that. No hostility, bro. None at all. 
Yeah, that's the way it should be, and it makes things really easy. It's the same for me in the RV business. Um, but you mentioned something about you know having to find the uh, the other job and chicken. You do you didn't chicken out, not even a little. You doing the right thing because and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know I got a family to think about. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I, I get it, man. I mean, especially you know you you and I talk all the time. Um, I mean, ever since I got injured, it was like, okay, wow, um, where's the money? And how are we going to live? So it's always, it's always a horrible balance game of okay, this is going to have to get me here. Do I rob Peter to pay Paul? How do I do this? So, you know, yeah. I totally understand why you did it. Absolutely, and I'm sure everyone does. So, uh, and and I picked a I, so I'm I'm very strategic in my decisions, bro, and um with with everything in my life, and so again with with the bar, with the bar business, dude, I'm pumping my charters every time I'm there. Yep. I got flyers there. I got the servers handing out my flyers. <laughs> Free marketing. Everybody, that. everybody that sits at the bar gets a flyer. You know what I mean? And I've booked a lot of trips through, through that job. Yeah. You just need your, uh, your YouTube channel planning on loop behind the bar. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this, yeah, this is what you're going to be doing playing. on Friday. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's ask one good question about the charters here. What's been your be uh, best fishing memory from the past year in fishing charters? Ah, oh, man, I gotta, I, I've been asked that quite a few times, and it goes back to my Boy Scout, man. It was, um, it was a kayak charter where uh, father and son, his son needed a merit badge. Oh, I remember that. Um, yeah, dude, like <laughs> just not what I was expecting. You know, we get out there, Brian, dude, and the wind is pumping, bro. We're in the open bay, and I wanted to fish the docks because I was like, this is the best chance for this guy to get a fish. Didn't really know his way around a spinning reel. You know, kind of kind of knew what to do. I'm talking about the, the kid. And when I say kid, like 13, 14 years old, and was getting tangled up, dude, was, was wind nodding, was getting lures hooked all up on the docks and all that. And I was like, I just need to get this guy like a catfish, bro. You know? Yeah. Just <laughs> like, one, one for the let, badge. Let me, let me hook him up on a hard head, you know? And so what I did, and I was in the canoe. So when, um, when I run the, when I got two people, I give them the pedal drives and I take my little canoe. So the wind was just beating me to death, dude. I couldn't stay, you know, I could not stay in one spot. So I finally got up next to this kid, man, and I anchored him off. I anchored him off and I let the wind pull him to however it was going to pull, the wind and the current. And so when he stopped, I rigged up a Carolina rig and threw a big old piece of cut mullet on it and threw it over there by the the docks and stuck it in his rod holder. I said, just stay here. I was like, don't cast <laughs> another rod. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Just stay here. And uh, he pulled in like a 30-inch uh, red drum, bro. Yeah. And uh, just to uh, – to have that memory for him and like to get back to his, I think about him getting back to his like troops and they all got like croaker pitchers and he's got a 30 pound drum pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean a 30, yeah, a 30 inch drum pitcher. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I think of that moment, but that was definitely like one of my coolest memories just because it was so hard too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've also been very busy on the other side. You've got a lot of new partnerships. Let's talk about them. Yes, and that's another thing that I uh, very strategic with, you know, um, working with collaborate. I call them collaborators, you know, um, 
you know, this is my terminology I use. When I think sponsor, I think like money. And when I think partnerships, I think like I have a, I have stock in the business. <laughs> this is, that's just me. So I, I, you know, I collaborate with different companies, um, promotion for product um, kind of deals. And I, and I pick what's going to lower my overhead with the guide business, bro. That's how I target those companies. Um, I've had a handful of people that reach out to me that just doesn't make sense. You know, they're cool companies, they're bigger companies. Um, but like, I don't necessarily need a bunch of t-shirts. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't help me in any way, you know, running my business, bro. And that's the, and that is what is going on with Perdido Blaine is I am running a business and it's just different channels of marketing, you know, all around that. I totally understand what you're saying because it's what we do. I mean, the business part of this, though we're fun, having fun, this is still our work. And we, oh, we, we have to yeah. find the ways to make that, you know, there's still got to be something coming from it. It's, it's great meeting everyone and it's great with the likes and that, but then the same one, we still have to put food on the table. And unfortunately, yeah, I mean, likes it, hasn't translated over to food yet. And it, and it is, you know, it is work and everything I do underneath Perdido Blaine is aimed to make money, bro. And, um, I mean, the YouTube channel, all that. And, I mean, I hear content creators all, all the time say, hey, I don't do this for money. I do. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, going out and spending time and, and making those videos and editing those videos and paying for the software to edit those videos, I mean, you got to want to make money. I mean, that is the, that is the end goal. Now, YouTube or Google might not pay me a lot of money, but I book a lot of charters by doing those videos. So that's where the money stream comes from. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. understand. Yeah. What, any companies you want to call out or talk about on here? I mean, my fish bites has been with me from the very beginning. Um, fish bites took an interest in me when I had like zero subscribers, bro. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Everything, everything came at once. Basically, I wanted to start a guide business, and I wanted to do a YouTube channel to promote it. So both, both aspects kind of started at once. And um, Fish Bites, I talked to Fish Bites. They were interested. Um, they saw that I didn't have anything to offer them, you know, so to speak. I mean, there was no way that I was going to help them in any way at the level I was at. And they took a chance on me, man. And uh, we've been working together ever since. And that relationship has grown into friendships. You know what I mean? And that relationship has opened up other doors um, that, I've part that I've collaborated with at this point. You know what I mean? So Fish Bites was like a good door opener for Perdido Blaine into other companies. You know what I mean? Yep. And then obviously like Lost Key Outdoors, they're my local tackle shop here. Um, They've known me when I went in there and I was like trying to figure out surf fishing, man. Lost Key Outdoors, Clinton, Angela. And they've been on my side ever since, uh, from the beginning also. And they helped me push guides also. So when vacationers come in and they're looking for something to do fishing related, they'll, they'll help me push guides. I book a lot of guides through them. So I definitely owe a lot to them for my business also. They are cool. I, I love Clinton and Angela. They've been supportive of the community, you especially, and just all around. They've, they've done really, really good things throughout uh, the, the time that I've seen them. So 
and I'm glad that they're around and helping you and, and just being such a good pinnacle with the community. Uh, and now it's a perfect time actually for us. So we're going to go ahead and uh, knock out our first bait check because it has been 20 minutes and you should have checked your bait by now. You absolutely should have because you got to catch the fishies, man. You got to catch the fishies. It is your first bait check of the episode, so bring that line in, check that bait, make sure it's good to go. If nothing's bit yet, you might want to change your bait, change the style, change something, get it back out there, change that zone, because they might not be right there. This bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head on over to ninjatackleva.com and take a look at everything that Matt's got brewing out there in Virginia. The new four-piece, seven-foot travel rod. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Two different tips for different types of fishing. Uh, lots of cool things with that. Or maybe you need the one-piece seven-foot go-to. I take that everywhere. It doesn't matter where I'm fishing in the surf. That rod's always coming with me. He's got the Dagger Series all the way up to 12-foot. Great series, great rods. Just awesome. Need reels? Rigs? Anything on that side for fishing? Maybe terminal tackle? He's got it in there. Or if you're into firearms, got you covered with optics and some other great things for Glock and other associated parts. NinjaTackleVA.com. Get your order in today. So let's transition into the fishing tips, tricks, knowledge, because I will need to steal that power because you got so much good stuff and you've been crushing it. And well, I got to find a way to beat somebody this year. So we're going to do it that way. I've <laughs> <laughs> been doing a lot of scouting, man. Oh, I've been hanging out in Pensacola a lot. Have you really? Um, you you, you cross yeah, the bridge dude, more, I mean, huh? It's hard, Brian. It's hard when I got the water in my backyard. And uh, yeah, but it's you, hard to, to make that commitment to actually like have to drive somewhere to go fish. But this is such cleaner water over there. It, that, um, that does kill you over there. That the water flow out of the bay and right to the yeah. west of like, hold on, Perdido. Mm, let me darken this. Uh, let me turn this into mud yeah. for you. <laughs> and I'm um, and so I run my guys in Orange Beach, Alabama, Perdido, and then Pensacola. You know. And a lot of times I get in Pensacola, I get guys in Pensacola, and um, I got to call somebody for a spot, man. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I can run it. I'm like, give me, give me 24 hours to find a spot, <laughs> you know? And um, Arrington's been a huge help with that. Uh, Saltwater Mercs, he always helps me with a spot. Um, he fishes over there a lot. But anyway, like, so over the winter, you know, I decided I'm like, I'm scouting Pensacola for the next month. And uh, that's what I did, man. And then um, I've been, once I got that drive <clears throat> out of the way a few times, it's not that bad anymore, man. I can, it's, uh, I listen to, uh, I listen to your podcast, but that's like my, my, my demo time. <laughs> you know, you can just call when me I'm, anytime. When I'm, dri <laughs> when I'm driving to, uh, when I'm driving to Pensacola from Perdido, I always put on your podcast to catch up. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Those are fun ones. But yeah, your drive's not horrible. I mean, I have to drive up no. to your area quite a bit for, for other work. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it is a night and day difference uh, between going Perdido and Pensacola to Navarre. It's amazing how a two-mile stretch uh, can change so quickly and drastically the just water based on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it really, I went and fished Perdido this morning. And I was like, this is poo. Yeah, I didn't want to put my lines in it. <laughs> but there, but on the same note, you do also still get the clear days. You still get great fishing. You know, it's always oh, just a yeah. hit or miss. It's it's you never know. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's um, and I'm glad I put in the time over there. So, 
I can I can steer clients to that area when it is bad over here, you know? Like, hey, listen, it's, we got a lot better chance if we if we uh, leave the house 45 minutes early. You know what I mean? Definitely understand that. Well, you bring, yep. you're, you're talking about this stuff and it brings us right to the perfect place for the first question. How do you plan your fishing trips? Wind. Wind is the very first thing I look at, man. Uh, obviously, I'm going to look. I look, well, I take that back because I'm, I prepare the night before. So I'm going fishing in the morning. First thing I do is look at weather and I see how cold it's going to be when I wake up. <laughs> so I plan my clothes first. And nothing will run me off the beach faster than being cold, bro. And um, I don't care if I have to peel clothes off 30 minutes after I get there. Like, I'm showing up ready. And uh, so very first thing, I look at temp. And that's not because of the fishery. That's because of me. And uh, I figure out what clothes I need to prepare the night before. And then I'm looking at wind, dude. Looking at wind on the beach surf fishing. We're not hiding from that wind. You can, you can get um, like on some points or like where the passes are and you can kind of hide from it sometimes, but really 95% of the time we ain't hiding from it, dude. It's not like the kayak, the kayak, I can hide from it. I got different spots that'll block the wind. Um, But when you're out there on the beach, bro, you're out there on the beach. So I'm looking for wind. Very first thing. Tide, I really don't pay that big of attention uh, attention to, man, especially here where we're at in the Gulf of Mexico. I see a difference with low tide, high tide. As you know, high tide, I just don't have to launch, launch my baits out as far as I would in low tide, you know, but there's still fish there. Um, I'm catching fish up close in low tide settings, you know. I'm... Um, I'm catching fish out deep in high tide. So it, it's just, they're running where they're going to run. You just got to find them. You know, I use my four rods to locate them. You know how I, I kind of do the, uh, the cell phone signal out to the sandbar. Yeah, man. <laughs> how, it works. That's how I line them up. Yeah. I do the cell phone signal out to the, the sandbar, figure out which one's hitting, move them in and start fishing. Um, but basically, man, really all I'm looking at is what kind of clothes I'm putting on when I leave the house in the morning and which way is the wind going. And you'll determine how that day's going to go depending on the wind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I got a big, stiff north wind, I know it's going to be flat and I know it might be tough. Um, but I'll tie on like some poppers and things like that, too, because you'll be able to see those fish popping especially in the warmer months when we have those flat conditions. And that's great for clients, dude, to be able to cast a lure out there. And even it's like a ladyfish, man. It's a cool experience to, to cast the metal from the beach and then be able to pull in a fish like that, not just set rig fishing, you know what I mean? When I see some big wind, some big current, then I make sure I have the right kind of sinker guy spun it. So usually I'm only carrying three ounces with me. But when I see that, like, hey, all right, there's going to be some chop out there today, I will put the fours and the fives on my beach cart. You know, that's another thing I look at is my weights and what kind of weights I'm going to need out there because there's nothing worse to get out there and get set up and your weights ain't holding, buddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's nothing you can do, you know. There's nothing. I mean, pack up and go home and get the right weights or, you know what I mean, or you just call it. So 
I am definitely um, very cautious of that, of what kind of weights I'm bringing out there. Nice. Okay. Tracking on that. So, w w and I love Northwind, especially for a popper, because it's going to cast a country mile and you got that tailwind. So it's never a bad day with using those. So now you've talked about doing the trips. Let's talk about finding your spot. What are you looking for to select your spot? Inconsistencies. That's that's about the best way I can explain it. Um, why does that why does that section of water look different from the water next to it? You know, and that's where I'm putting my lines. Um, you know, we talk about cuts and holes and all that, but for a new fisherman. They don't know what we're talking about. I didn't know what y'all were talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know when I was when I was watching surf fishing, living in Miami, um, and trying to learn the game without actually doing the game. You know, I would hear guys like like Matt and them, um, Bama. You know, talk about these cuts and these rips. I'm like, well, I, I don't see it. I do not. He, he could be pointing at it, Brian, on camera, like right there where my fingers at, and I wouldn't see it. Yeah, you know, but. I noticed inconsistencies, like, you know what I mean? That's what I look for. That's the best way I can explain it for a new surf fisherman is why does that section of the water look different? I don't know, but let's put a bait in it and see what happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it looks different for, for, for that reason. It's a, it's, it's a rip there. It's a cut there. There's a sandbar there. There's something there going on that might hold fish. You know, so um, it's gotten a lot easier for me over the years. You know, I can pretty much now roll onto the beach and, and just kind of give it a quick glance and go, okay, there's my spot, you know. And um, I'm a mover, man. I'm a mover. And I tell my clients that, like, hey, uh, we're going to give this an hour. And if I've done everything I can in this spot, you know, and when I say, you know, changing baits, leapfrogging rods, all the stuff that we do and there's still no fish, we're gone. Like I'm not going to hold them hostage there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in a, in a dead zone. And, um, and when I say move, I'm not talking about get back in the truck and move. We just move down the beach and find the, the next inconsistency. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's how I find my spots. That's the best way for me to explain it. That looks different. I'm going to fish there. Perfect. Uh, you already mentioned this with uh, the cell phone signal, uh, but I think there's a little bit more that you can say on it too, and I think you wanted to. Where do you like to cast? Okay, so so I'm always running four rods, um, starting, you know, my east to my west. You know where we're at in the Panhandle. Um, my my furthest east rod, I always go short, and then when I say short, twenty feet off the beach, man. And then I stagger them out from there all the way to the, to the bar. So my last westward rod would be like my long cast. So I'm fishing up close and then basically in the gut, in our gut, but different zones of the gut. Um, if I see like a real close sandbar with a pool, I call them swimming pools, with a deep pocket in front of it, I'm always putting a bait in there, man. I catch a lot of fish in those those swim pools up close, and when I say up close, like step off the beach and you're and you're in it up close. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, those are great flounder spots too in the fall, bro. Those um, those swimming pools you see up close, you bump a paddle tail, and those in the fall, man, surf flounder. It's it's like easy surf flounder. You don't even have to try. 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. I lo- I've, I've, got, I've, I've become a big fan of those, those swimming pools. They are. They hold fish. It's such a good spot. And you, you're talking about the paddle tails. That brings you perfectly into the next question. What type of rigs do you like to use? I've been throwing friskies for years, man. Um, I work with frisky, but I, I use frisky before his. I like, and the, the only reason I can tell you is I like the length of friskies. Um, the way he makes them with the total length of them. I used other, um, I used other rigs in the area and, um, they just seemed too long for me. I, I couldn't really figure out the cast on them. And it's just me, man. It's just me. And friskies were always just a great length for me. And they called fish, you know, and then eventually I started working with frisky. So that's all I use. I will tie my own like when I want like a naked hook, you know, with no bead, no float, single drop, like 15 pound fluorocarbon. I usually use those for whiting or when the pompano are finicky. I'll strip everything down and just throw some naked line out there. Yeah, that's it, man. Just frisky fins. And he has so many different options. He came out with the rattle rig last year, which was just like, that was like one of those moments when we were like, why didn't I think of that? It was so so simple. (laughs) It was was so simple and it makes so much sense. You know, I actually have a line of rig with him, pretty little blame edition rig, which is float on top, three beads on bottom. I was fishing that style for a long time before we did that. We started talking about maybe doing a rig and we bounced around ideas, and um, I fished that for months before we even, like, decided on it, and it was catching fish, and I was catching majority of the fish on that bottom drop with the three beads, so obviously I used that. Yeah, and it's a good rig, and I've seen, too, I mean, he's using the disco ball style beads, and it's just a lot of cool stuff, you know, he dies a cool, cool rig. I absolutely yeah. give him that. With with using really with with using rigs, let's move into the next one with bait. What types of bait do you like to use? And if I know you do this as well, what other lures do you like to use? So with with bait, I am I, I can tell you how I start every every session out there. You know, I, I get out to the beach, I put my first sand spike in, I strap on easy flea fish bites, and I throw it out while I get myself organized. Um, I've done that for years. I catch a lot of fish on easy feet, uh, easy flea fish bites. It's the first thing I strap on to, it's my, it's my tester rod is what I call it. Let me throw my tester out. <laughs> see, see, see if things active right now and I'll throw that rod out and then I'll kind of, you know, go through the bait selection more carefully after that. But really all I'm using out there, Brian, is, um, fish bites, different flavors, different colors. Sand fleas, fresh dead shrimp, man. If I'm not, if I'm in the mood, I guess I could say, I will take the effort and go pump some go um ghost shrimp. But that's rare. <laughs> it's rare that I want to put in that extra effort. And crab knuckles. So crab knuckles again. It's it's I got to be in the mood. My uh my parents live down Fort Morgan, and then if I know I'm gonna fish, like let's say down there uh, at the point. I'll ask my dad to throw in the throw in the uh, trap, and I'll swing by and grab him on my way out or my way in. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But dude, really, fish bites, fresh dead shrimp, and sand fleas is what I'm using 90% of the time. Stuff works. What about lures? Yeah. Lures for casting. I've gotten into these DS lures. Um, they just make a bunch of different colors, a bunch of different options. They weigh about an ounce up to two ounces. Um, they're fairly inexpensive because you know as well as I do, man, you lose some lures out there with those toothy fish. Man, the bluefish, yeah. the Spanish, they will they will destroy your pocketbook, bro. Yeah, they <laughs> so will. Those, um, those $20 lures, they look great. And you're gonna lose one real quick, and then that's gonna yeah, that's gonna end that for you, you know. But um, I am using those, dude. I, I sling those out there with poppers. I'll use those big Halco poppers, throwing in the surf. Um, a big cheap spoon, even with my spoons, man. I buy the cheap one, two ounce cheap spoon, with a treble hook on it, and it might have some pink or some green. Um, but I don't spend a lot of money slinging my lures into the Gulf of Mexico because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose them, dude. I'm going to, I mean, I've had Spanish bite through 40 pound cl- uh, fluorocarbon. Like it was nothing, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, and just like, Oh God, they went $15, <laughs> you know, it's it like that. The, the hooks didn't even have rust on them yet. It was already gone, you know, mm-hmm. but, yeah. um, but the ES lures, dude, they work fine. And with fish like that, Brian, man, they're, they're hitting everything. They're hitting everything shiny. You know, so um, I don't think it, it makes that big of a difference. You know, a nice silver spoon, um, those ES lures, like I said, they come in so many different varieties of colors um, that y- you can find something that you want, you know. Yeah, he makes a great set, that's for sure. And uh, I found out about him through Matt. I think it was the same for you, right, through through Matt, is who introduced through, you to him? I think through Ninja. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, so when, once he, he – I got my hands on a couple, man, they fly. And especially – I know it's not – you're not supposed to throw a one-ouncer. Um, but, I mean, I've thrown a one-ouncer on that seven-foot uh, go-to rod. And that's my favorite to throw any lures with. And then those ESs just – they sail. And it's, oh, they it's sail, man. The shape on them is great. And I'll tell you what about that seven foot, dude. I saw Brad, Brad Warren, hook up on a freaking 10 foot gator on that seven foot. Did you see that video? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> he had a set like a, like a 10 foot gator hooked up on that ninja seven foot. And I was just like, it's going to break. And that's what, I, that's what I thought the video was going to be about. And I, uh, it didn't break, bro. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a good rod. Yeah. So I definitely say you can, you can sling a two ounce from that, you know? Um, oh, I wouldn't go two. I, I'd be too scared to do a two. One, <laughs> one ounce, my, my butt was puckered. I was like, please don't break. Ooh, okay, cool. And I mean, granted. I'll sling a two with it. It's a great, I mean, I love that rod. Abby uses it when we go out. You know, she wants to throw lures. She, it's very, very comfortable for her. Yeah, everything about that seven-footer has been perfect for me. I, it's It's been a great rod, and I have zero complaints about it, and I've beat it up. And, you know, people are like, oh, you're, you know, you, you've got advertisements through Ninja Tackle. I'm like, yeah, I do. But if you come into my arsenal, you're going to see that I'm using Ninja Rods because I like Ninja Rods, and they're That's all solid. I use, man. Mm-hmm. That's all I use. I mean, I, I took a good look at my setup one day a few months ago. I was like, I'm running all in it. Like, I hadn't even realized it because I'd been building the arsenal slowly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, 
I took a look at my, my beach cart one day. I was like, I'm running all ninja stuff. Maybe I should tell Matt about this. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, some of them are frisky customs, but they're, uh, you know, frisky uses ninja blanks, yep. you know? So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I run all ninja stuff, dude. And, uh, he's got that new little travel rod now too, man. That thing is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to get mine finally out there. I've got to put together and it's been, I'm just waiting on this leg to say, Hey, let's go do something stupid and uh, get out there and use it. So it's on my I'm list. Gonna, I'm going to take mine on, on the camping trip because I can get an extra rod out there without taking up a lot of space. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's going to do great so in the forward hole. Yeah. It's going to be perfect, dude. It's going to be perfect. Yep. Yeah. Well, one of the last question here with tips, tricks, and knowledge, uh, let, let's talk about, uh, so let's get into the last question here about tips and tricks to, uh, no, let's not Brian, because we're at 42 minutes. You dumbass. All right. We need to edit that. <laughs> All right. Next bait check. Here we go. Pause and All right. All right. Here we go. Dude, good stuff. And yeah, it's going to fit nicely. And I'm excited for your trip. Well, we're moving right along here. Let's get to the last question about, uh, some, seasonal fishing but before we do that i mean we got to do that one thing because you're still out there fishing people it is your second bait check of the episode hopefully you've got a bunch of fish and maybe you've already limited out by now or you're just trying to catch different species and trying new tips and tricks that you've heard about on this show either way it's time to get that bait checked bring it in change it out Get it all right back on out there and get back to fishing. This bait check is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. DS Custom Tackle, you've seen me share about it not too long ago. They got two new cool float things coming out. They've got the new flea bag, which is the sand flea looking float that also glows in the dark. They've also got the new fruit basket, different colors on those floats, little clown nose, if you will, too, with the little dots. A couple of them are real fun. If you need terminal tackle, got you covered. If you're into rig making and you want to get into rig, uh, rig supplies, They've got you covered there. Reach on out to DS Custom Tackle and figure out if you can work on any kind of setups for you to continue your rig tying at good price points to help you further your business. DSCustomTackle.com. Get your order in today. So now we're going to talk about the seasonal. And seasonal for us is, it's real. I don't care. I, I, I hate yeah. to say it like that. God, it sounds bad that I don't care if somebody says something different. But it, I'm being honest. Yeah, it, the seasonal thing here is legit and real. Summer and we winter. We get four seasons. I, yeah, mm -hmm. Yep. And we have two of the best wheat men by, by means. Fall and spring. Lights out, dynamite fishing from the beach. Kill it. But if you live here, the cool thing is, is you've got summer and winter, which are like, oh, it sucks for beach fishing. Yes, it's not wonderful. You could still do it. However, you can get in a boat or a kayak and have absolute dynamite fishing yes staying within local areas i mean we got sheepies right at the bridges all the time trout reds on the inshore go off there you um, go off hell go off here in navarre we've seen it i can talk about it because i've mentioned it on our normal friday night live on the panhandle fishing report we've got tuna i mean this is yeah, place dude. is friggin' uh -huh. phenomenal for fishing but with if the, you yeah go ahead well no no you had something there go for it if you if you open your horizons, you can fish year-round here, man, Yeah. and be successful year-round. I think a lot of us kind of get stuck in the one style, like, you know, let's, you know, surf fishing. We get stuck in the surf fishing, and then the winter, and then the rods go in the garage, and they don't come out for three months. 
I have a blast in the winter, bro. (laughs) You know, and it's, you have to, you have to kind of get out of your comfort zone. Um, but yeah, like, like you were saying, we have four seasons and we have year round fishing here, man. If you, if you expand. So when it comes to these, when it's especially on beach fishing, let's talk about that with you. What have you noticed when it comes to all four seasons, when it's playing into the fishing game on the surf fishing side? So time of day is easy for me because I don't put much thought into it because I I personally want to get on and off the beach before the people show up. So I'm like 100% a morning time fisherman. Um, I will get out there. It's starting to get daylight even sooner and sooner. Like as we're having this conversation, it's starting to get daylight at like six o'clock, man. Yeah. And um, so I'm having to get up a little earlier and earlier. And then once we start pushing into the spring break through summer, like I'm a like six o'clock, sometimes five thirty, five thirty to nine thirty fisherman. So I am rods up, beach card out of there by the time people start showing up. Um, there are spots that I can get to that I will fish the afternoon, um, but it's a little harder to get to. And in August, <laughs> it's like the easier the better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for times a day, I don't pay too much attention to it, man. I really don't. And again, it would just have to do with the tides. You know, is the high tide in the morning? Is the high tide in the afternoon? And here, I don't even think it matters, bro. You know, I catch fish on both tides. We just have one little hump and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed too, for us with bait people, are, cause like if we we're good friends with a lot of people on the East coast, they talk to us about, you know, diet Pepsi shrimp or changing up their winter baits, you know, switching from yeah. the uh, standard long lasting fish bites to the, or uh, from the short red packages to the uh, blue packages uh-huh. and back and forth, uh-huh. you know, it, all these things come into play, but for here, it's the weird Mecca because it's like, well, I can use the red bag or the blue bag. No problem in the winter. It's going to do just fine. You know, or am I going to switch from using shrimp in the summer to winter? No shrimp's going to bite all the time. So it's going to bite all the time. And, and what are you raking up in the sand flea rake, man? You know, that's something always to pay attention to. If I'm, if I'm digging for sand fleas and I'm pulling up a basket full of coquinas. Okay. That tells me something, you know, I'm, I'm always, with the train of thought that what's easy for me to get in that sand fleet rake is easy for those fish to get. So um, if I'm, if I'm raking up those huge, big sand fleas that a lot of people will throw back or cut in half, my train of thought is like, that was easy for me to get. So that's probably what the fish are eating, <laughs> you know? So uh, I'll throw those out there. Whatever I'm pulling up in that basket, again, with the coquina clams, if I'm pulling up a lot of those, I'll stick clam-flavored fish bites on the hooks, man, and throw them out there. If I'm getting a lot of crabs stealing my bait, we get in those times of year, dude, where you can't throw a hook out there with a crab, get on it, use crab as bait. I learned that from Larry Finch. When the crabs are eating your bait, use crab for bait. And um, so I always kind of keep those things in mind. But year-round, yeah, shrimp, fish bites year-round. Um, obviously, the sand fleas are harder to get in the winter. You can blind rake and blind rake and blind rake, and you might get a couple. But if it's hard for me to get, it's hard for the fish to get. That point right there, I think, is overlooked. 
because if if you're yeah. fishing in a spot and I do this a lot. If I'm walking a spot, yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking at the waves, of course. I'm looking for a rip. I'm looking for a cut. I'm looking for a hole. But I'm also looking directly in front of where the water breaks because I'm looking for the ripples. I'm looking for the coquina clam. I'm looking for the sand flea. Because if you set right up on a colony, that water that's outflowing is going to grab that colony, onesie, twosie, threesie, you know, they're out there, and that's going to get pulled. So I know, all right, I need to put a rod right here. This is a feeding ground. Yeah. I got to go right there with it. And if you're not getting anything at all, you don't see anything. It's like, okay, now you have to make your success or do the thing that's going to suck that you don't want to do. Keep walking until you find yeah. those pieces. Because you, gotta you, move. you can ring the dinner bell like, hey, I'm right here. Yeah. Hello. But mm -hmm. why ring the dinner bell when you've already got, you know, put the field in your advantage. Put, put that bait in front of you to be like, all right, I'm going to use you to get something else. And it's going to be successful. It, it has to be. You've got all the right things. So... Yeah, it's the bait thing is definitely. I like what you're saying with that too. I really love that. Yeah, and we do. We get lazy, man. You know how it is. Oh yeah, the soft we get sand. Lazy. We we oh, yeah we, we hit we hit we hit the beach entrance and we're like that looks like a good spot, <laughs> <laughs> which is like right there. You know, <laughs> I can't believe nobody's there. It's my lucky day. You know, and uh, yeah, we get lazy, man. I'm seriously looking at one of those scouts from Deerfield. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The little the little two wheeler cart that uh that Brian started making. I'm thinking the about running gun, the running gun series yeah, that uh, Brian's making. Gun. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about it, man. I really have. You know, I got you know, to pitch that one to the old lady. But uh, <laughs> another cart. But um, that thing would be great for stuff like that, man. You know, it's real quick to pack up. It's not heavy. You're just you're just pulling it, man. Pulling it down the beach like a dolly. Yeah, I got an idea for that that I'm working on. Um, I gotta talk to. <laughs> I got. I gotta talk to Deerfield. I got an idea. Yeah. Because uh, I'm sick of something a certain way. But let's move into the next topic here. You crushed a do with the fishing tips and knowledge. Thanks so much for that, and you really just nailed it. And I know it helps somebody. Let's talk about your YouTube channel. And okay. the a lot of people are like, oh, you YouTuber, or not a lot of people, a small variety. Let's go with that. A small people are like, you YouTubers are always out here doing this, doing that, taking up the beach. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. that's cool. I appreciate oh, yeah. you. You've got the same rod set up I do, right? And you're right. Okay, cool. I appreciate you. So YouTubers, hey, they're just sharing knowledge. But let's talk about the beginning here for you. What made you want to start a YouTube channel? For So for the promotion for the guides. Um, I am very lucky to have Madi in my life. Madi is a lot smarter than me. <laughs> if, if I didn't have Madi, Madi's my wife, by the way, if you, if you didn't, the guys out there that doesn't know, um, if it wasn't for her, then yeah, none of this would, would have taken out. So basically here's my pitch to her. I'm, um, I was in Thunder's room one night. Thunder's my, my youngest. And, um, playing Legos, watching Bama Beach Bum videos, and he made an announcement that he was going to quit the guide business. And within like eight minutes, Brian, I had come up with a plan that involved YouTube videos and marketing for guides and buying a bunch of gear, and I went and pitched it to Madi because I knew that she could figure out how to edit videos. <laughs> I didn't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> Like, yeah. listen, we're going to buy all this camera equipment. We're, I need to buy a bunch more rods and reels. I need a new cart, and I'm going to start a guide business, and I'm going to do a YouTube channel, and I need you to edit the video. She's like, okay, baby. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. <laughs> you know, going back to the 
the dangerously supportive that she is. And she, she edited all my videos for like a year, man. Um, before I finally got my hands on it to do it. But that was, that was the reason for the YouTube was to promote the guides. And then as I got into it, even like that first year, like, dude, I didn't even know what my YouTube channel was about, man. <laughs> I was just catching fish, <laughs> you know? I had no idea. They were like, what's your YouTube channel about? I'm like, oh, catching fish. And, um, and it has been. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, but so it took me really into my second year to where I really even kind of nailed down what my channel was about and who my target audience was and all that. And uh, it is for the guide business. I mean, it goes right back to, to day one. That's why I wanted to start it. But I fell into that trap of watching other YouTubers in the area and wanting to do what they were doing. But I wasn't realized that they'd been doing this for, you know, five, six, seven years, and they had already built an audience. So they have that luxury to go do whatever they want, and people are going to watch. I needed to add value. And so that's what I missed. Like that first whole, the first year YouTube row is practice. <laughs> that's what yeah. I tell anybody who's wants, who wants to get into it. How do you YouTube? I was like, you're going to practice for a year. And then after you practice for a year, then you'll start figuring out what your channel is about, <laughs> you know, and you have to have thick skin, dude. And it, um, it floors me like, and I'll use the word, man, like the amount of hate that comes to us. I mean, you would not believe the messages I get. I'm like, why is this guy so upset <laughs> yeah. that I'm making fishing videos? Like it, it's, it's like disturbing at times, man. And, um, just the trash talk around town and it's, and it's the guys in my own backyard, Yep. you know, it's the guys in my own backyard, you know, and the way I look at it, man, is, you know, a lot of people in life, they lack drive. They, they have great ideas. These ideas could produce money. But that's all they are, or ideas. Um, they don't take the steps to make that idea a reality. And then there's guys like me that do, and then they hate you for it. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the only way I can, I, I, I can understand it. That's how I make myself understand it. Like, why do these people dislike me so much? Because I'm making fishing videos, bro. Like, <laughs> this is fun, you know? Maria... Marty made a comment to me the other day. She's like, spring is coming, baby. It's about time for you to get back to work. I'm like, I don't work. <laughs> go fishing. It's not work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, dude, the, the whole YouTube game, man, it's, um, it's definitely for promotion for the guides. The videos are for the customers. Um, for me to show that vacationer that's coming down here once a year, like, hey, you can have fun on vacation. This is what you can do. I'm not always promoting myself. I promote Lost King Outdoors a lot because a lot of these guys know how to fish, but they don't want to drop $500 on gear. You know, Lost Key Outdoors will rent them surf fishing gear, um, even carts, you know. So that is, uh, that's the target audience, which, which leads back to my guide business, man. Good turn right there. Full 360, and that works out really nicely. And the haters is always, I mean, there's nothing you can do. They're always going to be there. I, my, 
I have a really jerk way of thinking about it. Um, and I'm, I'm, what the hell? I'll share it here because what's the worst that happens? Um, <laughs> my favorite when it comes to the haters is is it's I've equated it to jealousy. You're, you're firing a message yeah. to me because you're jealous that I did something and I posted about it and you want to have something to say. Fair. You're welcome to have yeah. your opinion and um, I respect your opinion and uh, that's where we're leaving it. So great. Thanks for coming in. And uh, oh, by the way, thanks for the view, bro. I appreciate you. Yeah, right. Um, Thanks for the comment. That exactly. helps me. It does. So, you know, it's uh, it, it, the keyboard commando is a whole, whole different episode in itself that I could definitely get into, and uh, I probably shouldn't, so we won't. Um, so what has been one of the biggest lessons learned after running your channel? Uh, definitely, like, I'm circling back to even figuring out what my channel was about. I wasted a lot of time and a lot of energy really trying to kind of mimic what I was seeing the bigger guys do. And that's where I failed my first year, I believe. So instead of adding any kind of value to my videos, I was just basically fishing. You know, this is like, here's Blaine and he's fishing. I'm going to watch that. Like, I'm not big enough for people to be interested in that. <laughs> you know, so it was the lack of value in my videos um, which was my biggest lesson learned. And so now every video I am definitely like, it's on my mind. Like I got to go over some sort of tips. I got to add value. I got to give that one little piece of nugget that, that puts a light bulb in somebody's head goes, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to try that next time. So, um, that's been my focus with the channel. And like I said, that I believe that was my biggest downfall that first year. I was just basically trying to make fishing porn. You know, <laughs> that's what I called it. I was like, I'm, I, I even told Phil that, uh, Salt Squatch. He's like, what kind of videos do you make? I was like, I'm making fish and porn, bro. Just going to be catching fish and music, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, it was awesome to me, but uh, nobody else was interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird game when you get into that. That's for sure. Uh, this is actually a perfect one because the next question we're going to talk about sponsorships and uh, pros and cons there. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and knock out our last bait check of the episode because it has been just about an hour. Time flies when you're having fun, people. I tell you. It is your third and final bait check of the episode. You have to be at the limit. You gotta be. I believe in you. Or you're just having a really good day out there and enjoying yourself. And that is all that really matters is that you had a good day and you enjoyed it. Whether you caught or didn't, you were out on the beach, you were enjoying some water, getting that mentality back in the game. I love it. I and mean, I'm glad you did it. This bait check is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. You've heard me talk about them, and I love them. I love what they're doing. Kidscanfish.net is a 501c3 charitable organization that is helping kids get out and fish. Their camps, all these things that they do put together help raise money for these camps that they're doing. One day, yes, it would be wonderful to go international or throughout the country. Who knows? Maybe it will. Right now, they're out of the Georgia area, St. Simons Island, and around that little zone. They're putting on great clinics to help these kids get out there and learn how to fish, learn the basics, throw cast nets, so many cool things about the fishing world. One of the things that they always say, and you hear me always repeat it, 
more tackle boxes, less Xboxes. They're out there doing good things. So head on over to kidsconfish.net, take a look at all that, and be ready because the Running of the Bulls tournament sign-up is coming available soon, and it is a limited quantity of people that can fish it. So again, kidsconfish.net, head on over there, get your reminders set up, get yourself out there for the tournament, hopefully we'll see you there. So talking about the pros and cons with sponsors, let's milk, let's get into it. What are some of the pros and cons of working with sponsors? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, definitely the pros for me is it cuts costs for my business. Um, so circling back to the beginning of this, you know, I am targeting certain companies that's going to help me run my guides. Paddle tails, jig heads, braid, beach carts, um, bait, weights, all that stuff that you go through a lot of. Um, how can I cut my cost? I can collaborate with certain companies, right? So that's huge for me. That is like just an extremely amount of overhead that I don't have to cover. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I try my best, and I feel like I'm pretty good at promoting those guys. I'm very grateful that they're even willing to work with me. So I, uh, I make sure I give my due diligence when, um, when posting about them, the videos about them. I'll take some extra steps in the editing that actually add their logo into it when I'm talking about them. You know, so I, I try to give back as much as I'm receiving. Some of the cons, the, the only one I can really think about is the kind of, you know, the new products that come out on the market. There's new products that come out that I'm like, hey, I want to try that. <laughs> but you're kind of, you know, you have a moral responsibility not to, so to speak, or not to promote it, you know. And you know how the fish and tackle game is, man. I mean, it is, it is two different sports with us. We have, we have fishing, and then we have buying gear and buying tackle is a whole different hobby, bro. And um, you walk into the tackle shop and there's that new product out and you want to use it, but you're like, yeah, I better not. <laughs> you know, so there is a, there is a con to it. You know what I mean? There is a con, but um, I've had great relationships with everyone I've worked with, man. And I would say 80% of them have grown into friendships. And that's what I wanted from the beginning. Yeah, it is kind of cool how that happens. <laughs> it's, it's so nice. Like, oh, cool. I'm just going to call and talk to you. The the one thing I've told people when it comes to quote sponsorships, advertising, any of this piece where somebody's giving you something, there has to be an ROI. You know, it, you can take all day and it's great. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting free stuff. This is great. This is the best day ever. But there has to be a tangible give back for that. And oh, yeah. I think, and again, I'm talking out of school here. And when I say this, there's a lot of people that think, okay, cool. If I get the sponsorship, I do a couple, you know, name drops here and there. Maybe I tag you on social media and it's all right. I'm good. I've, I've fulfilled my agreement, but it's, I think some people stop when they're getting into the game short of asking, okay, cool. You want to sponsor me? That's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. What do you expect? 
and what yes. are you know there's you got to give back into that you can't just take you have to give up well what do you want from me what do, what are my parameters that i have to do to maintain the sponsorship to help you grow because obviously you're sending me the stuff to help you it's not just a kindness of your heart the, everyone needs something so you, yeah, you gotta have that dual part yeah, exactly and uh-huh. if you're getting into this game and i'm glad we're talking about this it, it, there has to be something that both parties have to win and you're seeing it even more so with the fishing tournaments because you know you're collaborating all these sponsors that are coming in for yes. the tournament and and raking all these people together and, and some of them are overlapping businesses it's like well yeah it's you know we got some pieces here but it's such a corral game to play but the, to me i mean those are kind of that's A and B. You know, it's two different entities here because when your your mentality has got to be, uh, I guess, with the, our personal side on the YouTube plat- podcast, all this stuff, we're doing it a certain way. But with a tournament, you've got a whole encompassing of 150, 200 people. And look, hey, this is going to this. That's the ROI yes. is you're going to be able to sell. But yeah, you got to get there back. Has- and there has been some clashes and there has been some discussions. Oh, you yeah. know, and you, and you said it perfectly, like, the Perdido Blaine and the tournaments are are colliding. Um, you are, you know, you you're you work with this company through Perdido Blaine, then we should be exclusive at the tournament. You know, those conversations have happened. And what it's brought me to do, Brian, is brought me to revamp the way I've run these tournaments. And you guys will see that the next one. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, dude. It's hard. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's caused some arguments, man. You know, it, it really has like some arguments with people I don't want to argue with. Yeah. And, um, and words have been said, you know, but you said <laughs> it perfectly. That's, that's exactly what's happening is Perdido Blaine as like a content creator, so to speak, and a product promoter really, um, that's colliding with the tournament. And the way I look at it, the, the vision I've had with these tournaments, is like I want it to look like NASCAR one day, bro. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want to be every sponsor that you could possibly think of in the surf fishing game is there. Flying their flags. And like that is just a cool, that's a cool place to be on a Sunday afternoon, man. You know? And um so yeah, so revamping things. Um, you'll you will see that next tournament. When I had decided to do it, this tournament was already already a go, right? So there's already there's already things that been had been done that I couldn't back out at that point. But um, yeah, I've um I've come up with a game plan. Not even a little surprised that you have, because <laughs> you got you're doing good stuff, man. And this the tournament's always a good time. So. Before people start freaking out um, or make a comment here, I want to back up just a, a hair. One of the things that I think people don't see, and you said it, and I want to hit. I want to hit this: the Perdido Blaine and Blaine Roberts and the tournament. That's three different pieces, and people are like, oh, you're talking about yourself in the third person. Well, it's the same for me. Finding Demo Surfishing podcast is different yes. than Brian Demo. You know, yeah, I, in a lot of people are like, well, isn't that the same? No, you separate things because it's business. And, you know, here yes. I'm bringing you entertainment. Here I'm bringing you product. You know, th- this is just how it goes. It's just a matter of seeing the second, third layer uh, of that piece. And 
it's a real i'll be i mean it's it's a pain in the ass because it's a juggling act but it's a great juggling act once you get so used to it like there's really no difference in this and this it's just this line and once it's explained it's like oh it makes sense there you said it perfectly there's lines you know yeah perdido blaine is the business blaine roberts is the person and the tournaments are the person i mean and the tournaments are the tournaments you know those are three different entities yeah you know and um but it's hard, dude. Oh, yeah, it is. There ain't nothing easy <laughs> about hard. that. Like you don't, you don't want to tarnish relationships that have supported you. You know what I mean? It's man, it's it's a juggling act. And um, like I said, I've I've come up with a game plan. Um, so the next tournament, uh, you'll see a different layout, and um, basically whoever wants to come in can come in, man. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, and I, I have a cool, I'm lucky and I appreciate you asking me. I get to do the weighing thing. So I get to be there with Jack. Mm-hmm. We're going to be out there doing yep. the way and making some good jokes. And, you know, make, there may be some fun jokes and a little bit of fun made. And well, my luck, I'll probably get a smallie, but hey, I don't care. So, yeah, <laughs> I re- yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely knew after the fall tournament that's like, I need some help with this, you know, because Clint and I were doing it. And I am so scattered brain, bro at those tournaments and you know i want to talk to a lot of people a lot of people want to talk to me and it's like i'm talking to them but i'm thinking about what i got to do next (laughs) so so like i'm not fully engaged in the conversation i was like all right let me enlist some help so i can mingle a bit you know because that's what's been lacking i think for me personally in those tournaments i have no time to mingle man it's just i get there and it's like work and business and then it's over and everybody's gone you know, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I didn't get to talk to anybody. Yep. So um, just kind of trying to free free my space up a little bit to to really thank these sponsors. And that's what I'm talking about, you know, to, to really give each one of these sponsors the time to go up to them and say, hey, dude, like, you know what I mean? And um, that's been lacking at my tournaments, and I've recognized it. It's not an easy game. <laughs> but and. I know we're a little off on a tangent here, but we already crushed the YouTube, but we can continue on because I mean, the tournament's going to be a big deal and we're all going to be there. It that couple hours from the way in to finish, dude, that's a, like a blink of an eye and you could have a conversation yeah. with a hundred people. And it's like, okay, I need to talk to that person again. Cause you know, we didn't get to finish our conversation. And then it's yeah. an, a year before you finally get a chance to actually get in front of them. Like, dude, I'm so sorry. We didn't link up. But man, that those gatherings are so much fun. And for the digital content creators or rig makers or any of the show, any of the sponsors out there, they we all love talking to the end user and the angler. We do. We love it. Yeah. And it's this year, I think it's going to be even better with the, the we've got bigger ground to go now that we're going to the brewery. Now, Gary's got a great piece of property up there for it. You've got, uh, you know, you've delegated responsibilities that you can do your piece now that you need to and enjoy having the conversations and people can have that piece with you. Everybody's going to get some time. So I, I'm excited for the the spring Pompano tournament. And I know the fall will follow the exact same thing. I, I'm, I think it's going to be great, dude. And you've done a hell of a job getting it all put together. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. I'm a busy man this time of year. Since we've been on the phone, bro, I think I've gotten like about six email pings and I know they're tournament registrations. <laughs> yeah. And that just opened. So yeah, you're going to get a lot more. Yeah. Well, let's get you into the yep. closing questions and we'll get you, we'll go ahead and get you out of here. Cause I know the other two questions we've actually asked previously. So in the end here, let's talk about a brand new angler and you've brought this up on your, on your show, uh, actually on your YouTube, you've mentioned this brand new angler. You walked them through walking through lost key. Hey, you can grab this, this, and this, and you're out for this yeah. dollar amount. So what piece of knowledge would you give to a brand new angler? Information. All the information is out there. Um, YouTube, Facebook, there is information. You you Google search how to whatever you want, and there's going to be a ton. Somebody's done a video on it, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't care. I don't care what it is. How to this, and somebody's done a video on it. Just soak up that knowledge, and that's not going to make you a fisher, right? But what that's going to do is once you get on the beach, it's going to give you a pretty good idea of what to do. Um, now, the, the actual physical part of fishing and, like, casting and knowing where to place, to place your baits and all that, all that comes with time, dude. It comes with time. You start figuring it out watch the other guys on the beach. I still do that to this day. I watch the other guys on the, why is that guy's rods going off and mine's not? Let me go ask him. (laughs) And I am, and I am not bashful about it. I'm like, Hey man, I'm running a guide over here. What are you using for bait? You know? And uh, (laughs) because, and, and we are, we're in the land of Southern hospitality, bro. I mean, people, especially fishermen, fishermen love to tell you how they're catching fish, man. Let me show you, you know, and uh, so that's it, man. Soak up all the information you can just through social media. Um, Like I said, the information you're looking for is out there. Talk to your local bait. So if you're coming on vacation to wherever, Pensacola, you find your local bait and tackle, you go on. They want you to be successful, man. They want you to be successful. So you come back and buy some more bait. (laughs) They're not going to steer you. They're not going to sell you two dozen shrimp and then steer you the wrong way. They want you to come back, man. So um, they, they, they might not give you the, the local honey hole, but they're going to give you a good access point to go fish where you're probably going to catch a fish, you know. Um, soak up information. Talk to locals. You know, that, that's it, man. That works. Works well. Well, the last question of the episode here, and that's always one of my favorites to ask, what's next for you? Oh, what's next for Perdido Blaine? Growth, man. It's um, constantly growing this thing. Madi and I are constantly bouncing ideas off each other. I mean, constantly. And a lot of them come to light, and a lot of them never make it off the piece of paper. But we are definitely always in the mindset of putting things underneath that umbrella with her business too. Um, There's been talks of print shops. um, There's been talks of apparel, you know, anything that we can do as a couple, as business partners really is what we are too, you know, to, to grow our individual businesses or both our businesses for the benefit of the family as a whole, you know, and, my ultimate end goal into this thing is to never have to go back to work, Brian. <laughs> I was saying, like, I don't want to sit at a desk anymore, you know? 
what I, what I did in my career was very rewarding. I did get to help a lot of people. Um, it wasn't a job that I hated or anything like that, but, uh, I was, uh, I was confined, you know, I, uh, I had somewhere to be eight hours a day and, uh, just to be able to kind of make your own schedule here and, you know, day by day, figure out what's the best move for the day, you know, and the ball is in your court. I mean, that's priceless, man. That's priceless. So obviously I want to grow that to where I can continue that. Dude, you're doing great things and you're continuing. I was going to go ahead and give uh, Mati a little plug anyway when we were in the offside here, but if you guys are needing graphic design or any work like that, it'll be tagged back in the show here. Go take a look at Marty. She's the one that took care of my stuff. She's the one that came up with my emblem. We walked back and forth on this. We got ideas after the emblem was done. She took care of all the other digital editing pieces that we needed, different formats. On top of that, you know, she found my, she's like, Hey, look, you want a flag? We can get you flags. Like, yes. I want a finding demo flag. We got it done. Blaine's got one. <laughs> Everybody it, wants a flag. Everybody wants their flag now. You know, it's like, all right, fine. We'll all fine. You know, I'm, I'm going to, Eventually, I'm going to have to catch up with uh, Smitty Surf Fishing because his pole's bigger than mine now, which, you know, as a guy, we, we, we have an issue have that. with that. Yeah, you can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, take, you guys really take a look at Mari's stuff. That really, really great. She does phenomenal work and in, great in communication. You just got to, if you want looking at it, really go to her. Great pricing. And I have nothing but great things to say about her and the product that she's done. So thank you for letting me work with your wife on this and for introducing us on how to build this and make it work. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And she's really, she's really gotten a leg in the, the fishing industry, you know, through Perdido Blaine, man. Um, you know, I mean, it was easy. It was, I mean, we're, especially as like content creators though, we want stickers, we want flags, we want flyers, we want shirts, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything with our logo on it. We want it. And uh, she can get you any of that stuff, you know? That's good, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show again. You, you really brought it with the knowledge you added to you know, from the previous episode. You've been doing a ton of things and growing exponentially and making huge, huge waves here in the community. So thank you for everything you've done. Thanks for coming on the show, man. And I look forward to talking to you next time. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me on, man. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an excellent episode with Blaine. I hope that it has helped you out. I know it's definitely got a bunch of stuff. I got a good half page of notes here, things to add in that uh, I haven't been doing, and just really making things better. So go follow him, Perdido Blaine. You can find him on all social media outlets. Easy to find, easy to follow. Lots of good stuff there. If you're coming to the Spring Pompano Blast, he Get in there, get your registration done. Don't forget, we've also got the fall one. He's going to be all hanging on that one after this one's done. Give him a little bit of a break to get his brain back in. But lots of cool stuff coming. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surfishing. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, and I will see you next time. I am out of here.